0: This is The Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points.
1: Welcome to The Agenda. Uh, I'm Joel Rabinowitz. I'm joined by your Liverpool FC correspondent, Paul Gorst. Um, there's been some stories this weekend, Paul, about Virgil van Dijk supposedly signing a new deal at Liverpool, or not is the case. Um, I think there were reports that saying he was going to sign a six-year contract, keeping him till 2025. You've written something this morning about why that's not the case and he's got some quite interesting thoughts about it.
0: Yeah, so um, there was a report over the weekend, as you say, Joel, about Joel, uh, Virgil van Dijk signing a, a new contract worth around £200,000 a week. That would put him up there with, I think, Mohamed Salah is Liverpool's uh, highest earner. Um, doesn't quite earn that at the moment, um, I believe, but um the situation is unchanged. Liverpool are relaxed about the situation. Um, there's no no talks in the pipeline at the moment as it stands uh, Virgil van Dijk is, is more than happy with his current situation. He's got a contract until um, 2023 with an additional one-year extension if um, if both parties agree to it. And that's basically as it stands. So the news is there is no news, essentially. Um, the pool are, are delighted with the progress he's made since he joined from Southampton in January 2018. He's obviously become one of the, the world's uh, best defenders and indeed best players, hasn't he, since he joined from Southampton for that £75 million fee. Um, and that the situation is is as it stands. So um, apparently, uh, Virgil Van Dijk, who was let to believe, a little bit bemused by by the reports that were coming out over the weekend. And um, certainly isn't the case that he's on the verge of signing a fresh deal. So um, that is that is the case at the moment. I
1: think that's the thing with Liverpool over kind of the last couple of years. They've been red hot on signing all the best players, really on current contracts. The whole front three have all signed new long term mm. deals obviously Jordan Henderson recently, both for fullbacks, So they've been very pre- proactive in sorting yeah, yeah. out Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as well recently. So in terms of Van Dijk, there's, there's nothing to be worried about there. He's 28, he's in the prime of his career, Liverpool competing for the best trophies. There's no reason to kind of fear him wanting to leave at any point in the near future.
0: Yeah, not at all. I think uh, both parties are perfectly happy with, with everything as it stands. He's, um, he's obviously one of Liverpool's uh, key men and... Um, Behind the scenes, I know they, they all love the, the work that he's doing and, and the form that he's been in for pretty much since day one at Liverpool. So there's no no problem there. He's got years left on his contract. He's in the prime of his career now in terms of age, what you'd expect a central defender to be, uh, 28 as you say. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, it's too much of a problem. Liverpool have concluded his contract deal, dealings quite quickly actually um, with the likes of, of Oxley, chamberlain Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mane, Salah and Firmino. Uh, Andy Robertson and and um a lot of uh, a lot of on on behind the scenes to basically um keep these players tied to Liverpool for for the best years of their career and uh, I've no doubt that Van Dijk will eventually um b- become that at some stage but um, as it stands it's um the the news is that there is no news essentially so um he'll just carry on playing as he is in the the imperious form that he's, he's been in from from the off really and um yeah that's um what a what defender what Liverpool have got on their hands.
1: Yeah. Do you think Liverpool could have ever expected him to do this well, I think this quickly? Because I remember, obviously, we had to wait a while to get him because of what yeah. happened initially in the summer with Southampton. <clears throat> so that kind of period of kind of wondering whether it would happen or not. And then when eventually it did happen in January, there was obviously huge excitement and he was kind of billed as a saviour for Liverpool's defence. But I think I personally, I don't know about you, have been kind of, I expected him to be brilliant. I didn't expect a kind of a year down the line to be talking about him not only is one of the best defenders in the Premier League, but one of the best players in world yeah, football. He's yeah. obviously just been named UEFA's best men's player of the year. Um, he's probably front runner to win the FIFA Pro and get in the, the best World <clears> Eleven, <throat> And then obviously the Ballon d'Or, yeah. he's currently favourite to beat Messi and Ronaldo. So kind of in my lifetime, obviously only Michael Owens, the player who won that award in 2001, but it was a slightly different award back then. But for a defender, um, it was only Cannavaro in 2006 to yeah. be in that conversation um, and obviously Liverpool have had their defensive troubles over the years so to be speaking about Van Dyke in that conversation among two of the greatest players ever to play the game um, I didn't expect it would go this well
0: <clears throat> To be honest, I think even Virgil van Dyke might be surprised yeah. by how, how well it's gone since he signed in January 2018 um, An interesting quote from Gini Wijnaldum today actually, when <clears throat> when he was looking to sign for Liverpool in the summer of 2016 Jürgen Klopp apparently asked him about Van Dyke and said, you know, how good is he? Um, and that was a year before Liverpool first attempted to buy him, and that was obviously six months before he actually came to the club. So he's someone Liverpool tracked for for a good long, a good while. Um, he obviously knew all about his strengths and his his weaknesses, if there are any. And um, but I don't think anyone would have possibly have foreseen how well he, that he's he's been since he's he's come to the club. He's just gone to a completely new level. And as we're saying now, you know, talking about one of the best players in the world, the absolute very best. Could he win, win the Ballon d'Or? Probably, I'd, I'd probably say that he's favourites above even Lionel Messi and, and Cristiano Ronaldo at this stage. He got to the uh, UEFA Nations Final, didn't he, with, with Holland? Yeah. And some people may sneer and, and scoff at that, but in the eyes of UEFA, it's a serious competition, and you know they're, they're treating it the same way they were the European Championship. So that was another thing that will count in his favour alongside, obviously, winning the Champions League and collecting 97 points. Best defence in the Premier League last season with Liverpool, and he was the best defender. So, for Liverpool to have a potential Ballon d'Or in their ranks is is a rarity in my lifetime. I know we mentioned Michael Owen then, and and his version of the award in 2001 was actually, for the European Player of the Year, this one recognises the world's best player. And you have to say, at this stage, um, unless he falls off a cliff, Van Dijk uh, is going to be lifting that golden ball aloft in... December, I think it is, so um, what an unbelievable footballer he's been for the pool for the last 18 months.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you think as well like the players that he's had to come up against in that time mm-hmm. he's tested himself against the very best, he's come up against Barcelona, he's come up against Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Ronaldo, he, he's gone through it all and he's mostly passed with flying collars and I think the interesting thing about Van Dijk is he's kind of representative of a lot of this Liverpool squad where not all of these players kind of in their early 20s were kind of destined for greatness. I think I read something about Van Dijk and there were kind of some doubts of him when he was at Celtic in terms of his kind of concentration and I think physically developed quite late on as well. So he wasn't a player who came through at kind of 2021 and people were saying, oh, he's going to be the best defender in the world or a Ballon d'Or contender. It's been, even when he signed from Southampton, we all thought he was going to be good, but we didn't. It wasn't obvious that he was going to go down this path. So I think he obviously deserves a huge amount of credit for that. But the, the fact that he's come to Liverpool and kind of done that meteoric rise in such a short space of time speaks volumes, really, about kind of the club and how kind of he made that big decision not to join Man City or he could have had other offers as well. But to come to Liverpool and, and make that journey.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I know a few coaches have said in the past that Van Dijk's got one weakness. It's the fact that sometimes it's too easy for him. Yeah, it's too he, casual. Yeah he, yeah, he plays the game in in first gear, and um, that can be a, a slight problem when you know a, a situation happens where a team might grab a goal out of nowhere because of it. But I think since he's come to Liverpool, he's kept his concentration levels high. Obviously, a lot of the time around field, they're dominating possession um, and seeing more of the ball than than the other team. But um, you would struggle to to find a game where Van Dijk's been at fault because of. Uh, of a situation where he's, he's kind of switched off. Um, so that has been a marked improvement in his game. And, and other than that, it was probably the only one he needed to make. Um, as you as you mentioned there about, not every player in this Liverpool team seemed like they were they were destined for stardom. And you you'd put maybe Sadio Mane and, Mah- and Mohamed Salah in, in in that category, and maybe even Roberto Firmino. But when Liverpool bought Van Dijk for seventy five million, it was a huge statement, wasn't it? the, the Never spent anywhere near near that before on a player It was nearly, well, it's over double what they paid for Salah, who was the record holder at the time. So they expected big things, but he's, um, he's returned that and then some, hasn't he, in just a, such a short space of time. And As you mentioned there about him testing himself against the world's best, he's done that, hasn't he? And he has passed with flying colours. Back-to-back Champions League finals, 97 points in the Premier League, just one defeat all season. 22, uh, just 22 goals conceded, 21 clean sheets, and he, he played in every game. So, um, in terms of defenders, he, he's he streets ahead for me, and it's looking likely that he's going to be declared the uh, the world's best player later this year.
1: Yeah, and I think the last thing with Van Dijk was obviously we have that song which everyone loves. But the thing I found frustrating for a while, obviously scored his debut came against Everton yeah, and scored yeah. the winner, and we had that song about. Him scoring goals but he wasn't actually scoring goals and it wasn't until December, Wolves away last season we actually got his first one and I think he ended up with six in all comps at the end. Obviously got one against Norwich so far this season but he's also, he's such a threat in the air at the other end as well and with his passing from the back, he's not just your kind of orthodox defender, he brings so much to yeah. Liverpool's kind of build-up play and their threat from set pieces.
0: Yeah, I remember writing a piece, must have been possibly even round about a year ago now where I said the next challenge for him is to maybe get on the score sheet a little bit more. He's got, He's seemingly got everything boxed off um, in the defensive part of his game and he's such a commanding presence in the air, isn't he? And Maybe he should have got on the score sheet a little bit more, so it's, it was heartening to see him add a few more to his game um, towards the second half of last season. As you mentioned, Edward Wolves, I think he scored against Huddersfield um, and then obviously bagged one against Norwich on, on the opening day. So uh, more of that, I, I, I don't see why he, he can't reach from, from eight to ten goals. I reckon double figures is on this yeah, season. Yeah, I remember John Teddy, um he 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 was quite a regular goal scorer for Chelsea, wasn't he? And obviously Sergio Ramos. Um he takes a lot of penalties but he, he's another yeah. one who scores a lot of goals from corners and particularly with the delivery of, of Trent Alexander Arnold, you'd expect him to pop up with a few more goals. So maybe that'll just be another string to his bow over the course of the season?
1: Hope so. Um we could sit here all day and talk about Virgil Van Dijk I'd I'd like to do that, mm. but um Yeah, that's enough for now. Um, Only one week left now until the international break's over, and then we've got Liverpool v Newcastle next weekend. Um, So, yeah, just a few more days of of waiting, and um, the real football will be back soon. So, that's all from me. I'm Joel. This is Paul, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
0: You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.